Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Fitness Philadelphia podcast. I'm your host, Dr. John Herding, and I have the absolute pleasure of talking to Philadelphia's best sports medicine physicians, physical therapists, strength coaches, and personal trainers. These movement professionals are the leaders driving the healthcare revolution in the Philadelphia region. During each episode, we gain valuable insight into how these individuals are changing the game. Please stop by precisionperformancept.com backslash fitness with a PH Philadelphia to subscribe and learn more. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Fitness Philadelphia. I'm Dr. John Herding, and today we have another very special guest, and I'm, I'm really excited for this podcast because we're here with Sam Sikdar today. How are you, Sam? Doing great. Sam is somebody, he doesn't know this, but I, I look up to him and I look up to kind of like, uh, I definitely look up to the way he's running his business, which is he's one of the owners of Dragon Gym Martial Arts that now have, did I see you're opening a fourth location? Yeah, we just opened our fourth location essentially two weeks ago. Which is amazing. Congratulations on that. And they're out in the, the Chester County area. So they have locations in Exton. They have Phoenixville. You have Malvern. And we call it Mainline. It's in, Ber- in Berwyn. Perfect. Yeah. Right. So make sure you guys are definitely hitting them up. But he's one of the people I look up to just because of some of the things he's been able to accomplish through martial arts and through business and, and the message that he's putting out there into the communities that he influences. I'm really excited to get some insight into some of the, how his mind works and, and how he's going about making sure he's positively making change in the communities that he's a part of. So Sam, we do this with everyone just because I feel like you'll be able to give a better bio and background to yourself and kind of your journey into how you got to where you are now. If you wouldn't mind giving us a, a background into who you are, how you became who you are, and what you're currently doing with your business, that would be that would be great. Sure. So it's kind of a, a, a long, long history for me to be involved in uh, martial arts specifically and, and also fitness. So it's, it's kind of like a family tradition too. My grandfather had a, a, you know, a studio in, in a town called Midnapur in India. And that studio was a combination of yoga, wrestling, uh, like weightlifting, bodybuilding, and uh, stick fighting, which was, uh, you know, for the 50s, a pretty, pretty interesting combination of things, mm-hmm. I thought, to be doing. So he opened that gym, founded that gym in India in the 50s. Then when I was like five, six years old, he spent about a year with us and he started teaching me some yoga and uh, a little bit of stick fighting at that time, which was pretty cool just as a six-year-old to be doing some of that stuff. Uh, So that sort of started my yoga practice. And then uh, after he left, about a year later, I started with formal martial arts training uh, in Taekwondo and Hapkido uh, with my instructor, uh, Grandmaster Go, and have been doing that ever since. Um, Then through the years, sort of did that, uh, you know, high school weight room type of exercise uh, without a lot of guidance, just sort of figuring it out. And then uh, probably around 2005, uh, was introduced to a gentleman named Brian Petty, sort of uh, by accident. And uh, he introduced me to kettlebells. And then from there, kind of got into the FMS world, 
uh, became a kettlebell trainer for a while, uh, all alongside with, with the martial arts programs that we've been uh, growing and developing. So now, you know, 2022, we have uh, where, where you come, our main headquarters is a, you know, it's truly a martial arts and fitness gym where we have yoga offerings, Taekwondo, Muay Thai, fitness kickboxing, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, kettlebell classes, powerlifting classes, personal training. It's, mm-hmm. you know, we've sort of got the whole thing here. And then in our satellites, it's sort of, you know, much more streamlined model where we focus on the kids and then uh, one of our martial arts programs for the adults. So uh, in our Malvern school, we have the kids program and a Muay Thai program. In the Berwin school, we have our kids program and a Brazilian jiu-jitsu program. Uh, and it's looking like Phoenixville will look like that as well. Yeah. And that's what I really admire about you guys is, and I think I first, the first interaction I had with you might have been, it was probably seven or eight years ago when you guys hosted Charlie Weingroff. Who yeah, you know little, what's, what's going to hurt? That was about 10, 11 years ago, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But anyway, like for for those of you that don't listen, Charlie is a physical therapist who uh, is a strength and conditioning high performance based physical therapist who works with high performing athletes and and Sam and his gym had hosted him and and that's where I think what makes you guys unique to in my experience to a typical martial arts studio is you're bringing in the kettlebells and the strength and conditioning and the FMS is the, that you reference is the functional movement screen and and screening people for asymmetries and and probability of injury, right? So with what it sounds like some of the the training background you brought into your martial arts in high school, you're it's an all-encompassing gym that takes care of many facets of wellness, not just the the martial arts side of things, which is I think very unique to to that space. Yeah, I I think uh especially for the the adult community so to speak a lot of people are, I shouldn't say a lot, the majority of people are not getting into a martial arts program to fight uh, because of a real need to defend themselves. But really, they're, they're getting into martial arts as a way to enhance their life. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, how they feel both inside and outside. And that's where it became really important to sort of dovetail these two things. Because Martial arts is a, a high impact activity by definition. Mm-hmm. So uh, we really found the need that, wow, like our, our students are training really hard and they're very dedicated, but the same sort of things keep appearing. Uh, and that, you know, that's still true today, but we, at least now we have a better way of, of, like you said, screening for that, getting ahead of that, and then also reacting to that uh, when it does happen. Right, because I, I think you see this with with most sports. The you know the only way you can continue to progress and succeed and reach whatever level of performance you want is to make sure you stay healthy. That's right. Right. So making sure that you have the things in place to screen appropriately, but then inevitably, as no matter how hard you try, an injury is going to happen if if you're someone that's training regularly or participating in sport regularly. So even being able to have the strategies to help take care of that injury either within in-house or with a referral network, but then even figuring out having the knowledge with some of the things you've gotten into to be able to help the person maybe even train through the injury where it's 
hey, you know what? Maybe you're dealing with this shoulder thing, but we can still practice these techniques, train this way while you're working through the injury process. And then you're not losing any of the training progress that you've made. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's great. But then I see too, like now, now that my son's for the listeners, my son's been doing their program for several months now, and, and it's a great program. And even seeing, watching the classes and how the instructors interact, but then also while the class is going on, they do have a little section in their gym. That's a weight training gym. And, and watching those clients interact and the sense of community that they seem to have with each other, it really seems like there's no reason to leave the gym. There's a great sense of community where you're either practicing your martial art, your, your weight training, your that's your social network, that's your training area. And it really helps to bring it all together from what I've seen and to make sure sh- just show the great community that you've built to help influence those around you. Yeah, I, th- I think, uh, you know, sort of the analogy we use a lot is, you know, you have to hide the pill in the meat. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the pill being is a lot of the, the technical stuff that we studied and we talk about as, you know, professionals, either in martial arts or fitness or treatment. And the, the user, the, the client, the student, so to speak, doesn't necessarily, like they appreciate that and they need that. But at the same time, uh, you know, you have to hide the pill in the meat. So there, there has to be something juicy for them to, to bite into, <laughs> to continue with the, with the analogy. And, you know, the mo- most important thing is doing the right things consistently and over time. So we need uh, mechanisms in place to keep people coming back. And, and we, you talk about that idea of community. And part of our, our language with developing community is we want to be third place, which sounds weird. Like, what does that mean? So mm-hmm. first place is usually home or work. Second place is usually home or work, depending on your work-life balance. I don't know what's number one and what's number two. Yep. Uh, so we want to be in third place, right? You go, you go home, you go to work. And you come to Dragon Gym. That's our goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's great. And you've done a great job with that because even you guys a couple of weeks ago had a, like a, a Nerf Ninja night for the kids, right? Mm-hmm. And and Carter was sad he couldn't make it. And then now upcoming, he's pumped for your Nunchuck Ninja night. Yeah. Right? So yeah, it's almost like... These are these are great. Like the kids come on a Friday night and... Uh, you know, they, they do something cool, whether it's the nunchucks or the nerf or, you know, dodgeball mm-hmm. and they have a great time. They're with us for a couple hours on a Friday night, maybe mom and dad in a couple minutes to themselves. Yeah. You know. Well, if I, if I may describing that ninja nunchuck night, it's three hours. It's cheaper than a babysitter. They're getting dinner and he's pumped about it. He's pumped. He's going to get a free set of nunchucks. He's going to get to do the karate that he's so pumped about. And I think it's a great, you know, opportunity for the kids to come and hang and give the parents some, some space to, you know, get away as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So appreciate that. So what you said, you have both children and adult classes. Mm-hmm. What is, what are some of the tenants that you guys promote as your, you know, say maybe if Carter's the customer avatar right now, a seven-year-old and and kids starting the classes young, what are some of the tenants that you're trying to pr- promote in your students to, to create 
like positive reinforcement and, and lifelong kind of solid citizens in the community and then carry that up through even, you know, if someone like me were to start in a jujitsu program, what are some of the tenants that you guys carry through on your programs? Yeah. So first, first and foremost, we, we have these things called the dragon gym precepts. I'm going to pull them up real quick, but they're, they're based on sort of three ideas. Like one, uh, you know, your health comes first without, uh, good health, then you won't, you won't be able to do anything in your life. You won't be able to, you know, take care of yourself, but you also won't be able to take care of others. You won't be able to be happy and won't be able to uh, be successful. So as a, as a very basic, basic sort of mission with the children is we want to help them to be happy, healthy, and successful. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's the big thing. And then we boil that down into this idea that being a, you know, a great parent, if you will, it's hard, you know, you have kids, I have kids, anybody that has kids has sort of experienced that where, you know, didn't come with an instruction manual and, and, you know, when you have that first kid, you just don't know what to expect and what to do. Mm-hmm. So that we say, you know, being a great parent is hard. Dragon gym can help. And that's, mm-hmm. we, we just want to be a, a, a guide and assistant for the parent. So these, these uh, dragon gym precepts, you know, I'll just go through them uh, one by one. And these apply to the, our kids and, and our adult students, right? So number one, be a person all can trust where my word is my bond. So everything starts with that sort of idea of integrity that we're going to be honest with ourselves and with others. The second is to develop a strong mind and a positive perception of yourself. So you have to, you have to, it starts with the mind uh, before the body can be developed. Mm -hmm. The third is now we get to the body, build a body able to withstand any threat. And the idea there is not just, you know, a threat, meaning somebody's trying to punch me in the face, right? What are, what are the threats that we're dealing with that are especially relevant right now, right? Is ailments, illness, uh, contagious disease, right? And, mm-hmm. and we know, oh, oh, we've always known this, I think, but it, it's become hyper aware that what we eat, how we exercise, our lifestyle, you know, how we maintain certain metrics of health will make a difference in our ability to, to fight off disease. Uh, you know, the, like I said, the obvious one is the, the physical threats. We are a martial arts school. We do want people to learn, uh, you know, certain aspects of physical self-defense. And then the last one, still in this idea of being able to withstand any threat, I think there's a lot of attacks on our psyche, so to speak, now. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that is driven by media slash social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's part of where we all exist now. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. You know, when my kids go to school, they're on the internet. You know, it's it's not totally in our control. Part of part of what they do is, you know, it's it's integrated into the life. So I think, you know, we need to have a strong mind, have a healthy lifestyle that we can, you know, be prepared for that mm-hmm. that new threat, so to speak. Number four, have zero tolerance for those who violate others. 
So one, two, and three are all about building ourselves up, you know, mentally and physically and psychologically. And then, you know, what do we do with that? With, with that uh, strength, so to speak, that we've developed, now becomes our responsibility uh, to look out for others, which I think is super important. And then finally, um, you know, in that vein is number five, keep a warm heart, be loving, compassionate, and understanding of others. So we have to build ourselves up. We have to take care of those who are uh, maybe not as strong as we are. But finally, you know, don't let all the, the things that we're doing uh, make us too hard, right? We need, we need compassion for others too. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the RISE Education Platform. RISE stands for Rehab Integrated into Sports Education. We offer solutions for business owners who want to bring more athletes into their practice, as well as clinicians to help them better understand how to integrate sports performance metrics into the rehab setting. Our 12-week master's class for clinicians offers solutions for clinicians to begin to implement these ideas right away. And our business mentorship helps business owners figure out the solutions that best suit their business's needs. Visit sportsrehabeducation.com for more information. Yeah, and I, and I like how you like the compassion and empathy seems to be solid tenets of that. And and absolutely, I agree with you 100% with everything that's going on in the world, like being strong mentally, I think the physical will come and the physical is is almost easier because there you know what to do, you know how to be if as long as you're consistent, and like you can physically get to where you want to be. But I think the mental part is the hardest part for a lot of people. And because sometimes you have to go deep with inside yourself, you have to you know, do some hard work, but I, I like how you're instilling that early in the kids because, you know, so many of the behaviors as they're growing up through their teenage years and into their adult years are almost learned behaviors mm -hmm. that if you create these strong minds early on, then they can deal with some of the, you know, the things that they're going to be challenged with as they hit those, some the awkward adolescent years and then moving up into their adult, the adult ages. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think it's so important you know, that while we have a chance as parents and as mentors that we establish that strong foundation mm -hmm. for them. And then look, they're, they're going to live their lives. We have to, you know, let them go at some mm -hmm. point, but you know, we can have that confidence that they have a good, you know, solid foundation, sort of like philosophical underpinning that they're going to carry with them through the rest of their lives. Yeah. And that was something when we came in for our first, like the introductory sessions, and then like you guys made it apparent very quickly that you wanted to be a part of the home and you wanted to be a part of supporting the home wife and helping a parent be a great parent. And, and I appreciate you guys for that, where you, you feel when you walk into the gym, you feel like you're supported and helping create, you know, the best kid that you can. And yeah, of course there's going to be up and downs because it's hard, but the fact that you as a business and all your instructors made it very apparent that you want to be a supportive environment to help both parents and the students. I think it's, it speaks volumes to what you guys are trying to do to influence your communities in a positive way again. So thank, thank you. you. Absolutely. So you have this tagline that you've created that's at the bottom of all your emails and you kind of throw out there on some other gear, I think as well, I've seen it, be the coffee. Can you explain what that means to you, the message you're trying to put out with there with that, because I think it's really interesting and, and I like what you're doing. Yeah. So it's by no means 
something that I invented. It's a story that I heard many, many years ago. Uh, and then I, I admittedly also have somewhat of a, a coffee addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little bit snobby about my coffee. So mm-hmm. I just felt like, oh, this really, really fits for, for what we're, we're trying to do. And, you know, at, at a high level, it's about, you know, mindset, energy and action is the idea of be the coffee. And, uh, you know, the, the physical act of drinking coffee every day sort of plays into those things, right? You got to like wake up, have your cup of coffee, it gives you energy. It's the beginning of the day and then you have to go take action. Mm-hmm. So like tactically, that's what it's all about. But the story goes something like this, where there's, uh, you know, a grandmother figure and her, her granddaughter or grandchild. And uh, the, the grandchild is really like struggling with life. And sort of, you know, there, there's another saying, you know, when you're drowning, don't blame the water. Where when, when we're in a bad situation or we're down on ourselves, it's really easy to blame external factors. So, uh, you know, the grand granddaughter is in this sort of like blame the water mindset. Uh, nothing's going right for her and it's everything and everyone else's fault. So the grandmother says, sit down, you know, they're talking and catching up and she puts three pots of water to boil. So as the, the pots of water are boiling, she's waiting and they're talking. Finally, they come to a boil and she takes the first pot and puts in potatoes. Takes the second pot and puts in eggs. You know, and they wait a couple minutes and keep talking, keep catching up. The granddaughter's calming down a little bit. And so now, you know, the, the potatoes are boiled and the, the eggs are hard boiled at this point. So she takes them out and presents them to the granddaughter and says, well, what do you notice? And the granddaughter's starting to get it, right? She says, okay, I see the potatoes were hard when we put them into the boiling water and now they're soft and mushy and the eggs were fragile even though they had a hard exterior and we put them into the water now they're hard boiled and they're solid they you know they can't be broken and she says so you see it's the same environment boiling hot water but one thing became soft and mushy and weak and the other thing became hard and strong so the granddaughter says, okay, I get it, right? It's not your environment. It's what you're made of. It's how you react to the environment, mm-hmm. which is a good lesson, I think, but it's not a complete lesson. So she asks, well, what is this third pot for? And then the grandmother goes to the cupboard and gets out the coffee, grinds the coffee and puts it in the water and they wait till the coffee brews. Mm-hmm. And the granddaughter says, well, now I, I don't get it, right? Coffee grounds are still the coffee grounds. They're, you know, what's, what's the difference? And the grandmother says, well, here's the difference. The boiling water made the potato soft and weak. The boiling water made the eggs hard. And if you overboil them, a little sulfuric, right? Mm-hmm. But the coffee changed the water to coffee. Mm-hmm. The water didn't change the coffee. So that's the idea of be the coffee. Whereas we want to be the thing that it's not just that we're molded by our environment in a positive way, but we are the thing that changes the essence of the environment itself. 
the coffee mm-hmm. changed the the boiling water the coffee bean changed the boiling water to coffee and that coffee provides this thing for the user for the drinker that helps their mindset gives them energy and enables them to take action throughout the day mm-hmm. so this is the idea of be the coffee and we want to sort of you know if i can summarize that in in half a sentence be the coffee is be that thing that exerts a positive influence on your env- environment, gives up other people a good mindset, gives them energy, helps them take action, and then they too can become the coffee, and then it just keeps going and going and going. I love it. I love now the story behind that. I need I need a shirt with that on it or something. Need yeah, yeah, we have them around here somewhere. Uh, th- I mean, that's a great story, and I think you're right. Like with so much stuff that's going on in the world, it's if you can go in and be the best part of someone's day. Like we, you know, that's used all the time in our world. Like you want to treat your 8 p.m. client like you treated your 5 a.m. client and you, you're the best, you have to be the best part of their day because you might be the best part of their day because they've spent, you know, who knows what their home life is, who knows what they have going on, you know, internally, psychologically, whatever. And if you can be that positive influence in their life for the hour that they're spending with you in class you have no idea the impact and ripple effect that that can have down the chain. So I think that's a great message and a great story to go along with it. Yeah. Excellent. So you seem that you have this great, this very positive, you know, demeanor, like you're very comfortable with yourself. What have been some of the biggest influence in your life to help you kind of get to the headspace and the space that you're in now? Do you have an influence or two that you're willing to share or a couple books that, you found very helpful in kind of helping you to get to where you are? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many things, uh, like so many people, especially that I owe credit to. I think I'm just very grateful. I feel very lucky to have met some of these people, you know, Grandmaster Go, obviously another one of my mentors, uh, is a gentleman named David Freeze, uh, Brian Petty, of course, you know, in terms of, uh, professionally and personally, uh, those three people have, have really influenced me mm-hmm. uh, quite a bit. One of my favorite books is called The Slight Edge uh, by Jeff Olson. And gosh, I don't know how long ago I read that book, but I just felt like it completely aligns with my philosophy of just like steady and incremental progress, being you know as disciplined as we can, you know, eliminating distractions, reducing decision fatigue, all of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, Jocko willing talks about that, like discipline equals freedom as mm-hmm. well is, is just sort of, you know, trying to be as disciplined as I can to open up space to do the things that I love, spend the time with my family. You know, there's been, been uh, hard times, you know, growing, growing this business and leaving another career and all that stuff. But, you know, I'm just, just super grateful of, of what I get to do, you know, mm-hmm. very cool job. And, you know, it's fed me and my family for, for the last several years now. And that's you know, great. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that, that concept of discipline equals freedom is an interesting one because absolutely when I find myself being more disciplined, I have more free time to spend with, with family and it. It's, it definitely ebbs and flows though. Like we saw today, we had to like put reschedule and then push this back a little bit just because the day started to get away. But and and people have to be okay with ebbs and flows. Like sometimes there are going to be spaces in your life where you're going to be able to be more disciplined and there's going to be other times when it might seem a little more chaotic. But 
if you can always bring it back to center and get back to the disciplined space, I think you will find that you'll have more freedom to do what you really want to do. And you won't feel like you're just meandering through life without any real direction. I think that's yeah. an important lesson for people to, and, and it's hard to do sometimes. So like sometimes like I've, I've had me- mentors map out every single, you know, half hour block of your day. And that's, mm-hmm. that's absolutely hard to do, but it definitely makes a difference when, when you do it and you stick to it. Yeah. I, I think, you know, when I first experienced that was when I started teaching and coaching mm-hmm. and, you know, you, so you have an hour class to teach and, you know, there might be 20, 30 people in the class and you're like, all right, I got this. And you do everything that you thought you were going to do. And then there's like, oh, there's 30 minutes left. <laughs> I got to fill. Yeah. And then the next time you get through a quarter of everything that you're trying to do and the hours up. Mm-hmm. And then I, uh, you know, went back to like really exactly what you're saying, like mapping out almost minute by minute how I would teach a 60 minute class. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, 20 some years later of teaching, I don't need to plan a class. I have the freedom to go walk in, survey the room and know exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. But that was only enabled because of all the practice and planning that I have done over the last, you know, decade of teaching. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what, what's your main, let's backtrack a little bit. And what's been your main motivation to, you know, be teaching for the last 20 years and then parlay that into the business that you now have and leaving another career? Like it, what's been the main motivation for you to kind of take this path? Yeah. So, uh, you know, a couple, couple of things, one, you know, something that I started from childhood and it's just always been a love and a passion, this idea of martial arts and what it can do for the individual. And then as you know, I got into my professional career, I, I worked as a, an electrical engineer for a couple of years in corporate America and sort of climbed that ladder a little bit. And then, you know, made sense to exit there. Mm-hmm. And you know, for the longest time, people always ask me, like, well, when are you going to go back to work? I was like, this is my job. What yeah. do you mean go back yeah. to work? Mm-hmm. But fundamentally, this, uh, what we do is, I felt, gave me a lot closer connection to making an impact on others. So, like, I used to design microchips, and, yeah, eventually that microchip was probably going to go into, a, uh, you know, uh, uh server that the FAA uses and they're going to make sure planes don't crash. Like that's pretty cool. Yeah. But uh, it's so far away that you don't really see the significance and impact of what you do. But then, you know, working my day job and coming here and teaching, you know, two, three, four hours every night and like immediately seeing the impact uh, with kids and adults. I remember one of my students, adult students, he's probably, I was probably like, early twenties, 10 years older than me, mm-hmm. taught his first class, go into the locker room. And he's, he's literally just sitting there with his like white belt in one hand and a pack of cigarettes in the other hand. And he's like, I got to quit. Don't I? I was like, yeah, you do. And he quit yeah. smoking that day. So right. like every little stuff like that, but that that's really what, what motivates me and drives me is that, that like personal impact that, you can make on someone's life through Mm -hmm. martial arts as a vehicle. And, you know, then that drives our mission with the business. 
you know, I can only teach so many people myself. Yeah. So I have to develop students and develop them into instructors. I can only teach so many people in Exeter. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's that's why so many of us get into these careers, right? Whether it's, uh, you know, these helping professions. And I think you have, you probably have a million stories like that because you've been in business for 20 plus years or you've been in martial arts instructor for so long. You, you probably have all those, especially as you're seeing people come up through the ranks, reach black belt level, start teaching, achieve great things in competition. Like I think it's th- some of those things are more meaningful to me than any of the accomplishments I've ever done is seeing someone's life change completely because of direction that you're able to provide them. Yeah, I, I mean, that's that that really, really is it. You know, I, I wouldn't say it's more than you've ever done. I'm sure, you know, the, I'm not the that accomplished. Is, <laughs> the people is, yeah. is quite significant. Yeah. So what's next for you guys? You guys have just opened your what's next for you personally or as the business, however you want to approach that topic. But you just opened this new new location. What's next for you? Yeah. So one one thing that I like about a you know, my life, so to speak, is there isn't this wall between personal and business mm-hmm. uh, because it, it's so intertwined what we do and like what drives us. And like, I enjoy work. So, you know, my personal goals and professional goals are are often aligned. So what's next for us? Uh, we have some plans to open a couple more locations, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the next couple of years. And then in parallel with that, we we do some you know, I hate to use the word coaching. Uh, I think it's thrown out a lot, but we do some like coaching consulting type of work uh, mm-hmm. for people with uh, that are in the Muay Thai niche of martial arts gyms. And we found that really enjoyable to just sort of stick in a narrow niche for the consulting. So, you know, we've been we've been doing that for a little bit. That's a lot of fun uh, to sort of help people even outside of our, you know, direct Dragon Gym universe. Mm-hmm. You know, fulfill their mission and, and grow their schools and, and make an impact uh, in their communities. So those are those are the two big things for us. I love it. Good. Continue to expand your reach with the right ideals. It's great. So we end each of these episodes with a final five questions. And we just they're rapid fire questions to give people a little bit more insight into who you are, Sam, just as a person. Yeah. Are you ready? I'm ready. What would be your walkout song? Walkout song. So, uh, the uh, journey, and uh, I, I don't know the exact title, but it's like the wheel keeps turning or something like that. Okay, so that, I know exactly. Yeah, what you, yep. Yeah. yeah. All right. What's your favorite exercise? Double clean and press with the kettlebell. Oh, that's a good one. Do you, do you ever add in like the thruster, the little squat in there? Double clean yeah. and press squatting. Yeah, actually, I started it with the, uh, you know, it was double clean and push press was my, like, go-to minimum effective dose exercise for years and years and years. And then mm-hmm. switched it over to the strict press because I got a little stronger. Well, that that would that used to be a good, like, if I had, was short on time, you get, like, 50 of those in, and you're oh, good yeah. to go. Yeah. yeah. Love it. One food for the rest of your life, what would you eat? Chocolate ice cream. Nice. And then going off of that, what is your, do you have a guilty pleasure? Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the chocolate ice cream. Chocolate ice cream. <laughs> I, have a, I have a nasty sweet tooth. I love it. And then what's your favorite thing about the Philadelphia area? 
Ooh, what's my favorite thing about the Philly area? I I think the the food, the food. I think Philly and the the surrounding restaurants are fantastic, and I think mm-hmm. they're they're underrated. Yeah, I I don't disagree with that. I think Philly needs to get more love on a national stage. There's there's so yeah. many great restaurants and little niche areas with great food. I think I think you're right on that. Absolutely. Well, Sam, in, in closing, how can people get a hold of you, whether it's you personally or they want to find out more information with the gym? What are some of the best avenues to get in touch with you? Uh, best way is through the website, dragongym.com. You will sort of see everything about us. You can read, read more about me and uh, the instructors and my business partner, Alani Beck. That's, that's the best place to go, dragongym.com. See our programs. There's a way to get in touch with us on the website, too. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you, Sam. I appreciate everything that you're doing with the Be the Coffee mindset, with the ideals that you're trying to push forward in the community with the gym. Thank you for for being you and thank you for everything that you're doing for your communities. Thanks, John. This was fun. Absolutely. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, hold on a second. Don't leave yet. This is your host, Dr. John Herding, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of Fitness Philadelphia. If you did, I'm going to ask you to do three simple things. They take less than five minutes and they go such a long way, we really do appreciate it. Number one, please subscribe to our show wherever you listen to it, iTunes, Spotify, or whatever it may be. Number two, please leave us a favorable review. Number three, share it, put it on social media, talk about it with your friends, send it in a text message, whatever you can do to share this episode because we put a lot of work into it and we wanna make sure as many people are getting the value out of it as possible. And lastly, if you'd like to learn more, please go to precisionperformancept.com backslash Fitness Philadelphia. Thank you so much. This is Dr. John Herding. This is Fitness Philadelphia and have a great day.